Hola guapas, and welcome to episode six of the Hola Guapa podcast. For those of you who are new to the show, I'm your host, Nisha Batesh. I'm also the founder and creative at Hola Guapa, a digital community of almost 10,000 artists and creatives from all over the world. A blog, a website, an online shop, and most recently, this podcast. On this podcast, we highlight creative conversations by sharing with the real stories, tips, and tricks the artists in this community have found on their journeys to success. So without further ado, I'm so excited to introduce you to our next guest, Alice Mulder. She is an illustrator and graphic designer who could teach us all a thing or two about turning our passions into paychecks. One of the things I loved most about my conversation with Alice is discovering her strength in thinking realistically and logically about her career while staying wildly creative in her approach. I mean, this girl knows a thing or two about producing multiple revenue streams. Trust me, even her side hustles have side hustles. Beating to her own drum, she has foregone the typical route of working for a larger agency and found a way to balance her love of illustration and graphic design to create her own business as a freelance artist, sharing all the highs and lows that that freedom entails. If you're feeling stuck in your creative journey or lonely, as many of us do, or even just feeling doubtful about how you're going to make cash pursuing the mediums and processes you love, this is the episode for you. Who knows? After listening, you may even be inspired to start your very own local draw club. So trust me, you're going to want to dive into this episode with a pen and paper to take notes as she drops major nuggets of artist-focused career advice and more. So with that, help me welcome Alice to the show. Hi, my name is Alice. It's written as Alice, but my parents thought it was funny to give it a French pronunciation. So I'm Alice, I'm an illustrator and graphic designer from the Netherlands and I'm self-employed now for four years and I've been doing a lot of different stuff um, as a designer but I'm developing more into illustration for a few years now. Um, I make riso prints, I make booklets, I make pins and I recently started um, also in t-shirt designs for a bit so I've been exploring a lot of different mediums for my illustrations and uh, main topic in my work is um, dream places all over the world which I um, make up for my fantasy but also from places I've been in the USA or Canada which I find really inspiring to be there as a European person <laughs> with no mountains at all in my own country so every mountain higher than 500 meters is like amazing. Um, so yeah, that's what I do and who I am. Amazing. I definitely want to get more sort of into like your career path and all the different things that you've done with your illustration and what inspires you. But first I kind of want to take it back to the beginning and um, figure out sort of, do you ever, do you remember the moment that you decided that you were going to be a creator or an artist? Was, was there a moment in time that you can remember or was it more of a process and a journey? I, yeah, for me, it's a weird story to, to look back at one certain moment because when I was in high school, I, when I was 17, I had to decide what I wanted to study. And then I was like, oh, let's go to art school. But I didn't really know why and I haven't really known that for a long time, I guess. But now looking back and looking to all my parents' old stuff, they're, they're cleaning their house now with COVID. Um, I found out I have been making magazines and little booklets and stories on my typewriter ever since I was like six. So 
I think making magazines has been there all the time, but I never really saw that in myself. And my father has a kind of graphic designer job um, when I was young. So that's probably my inspiration, but I haven't known that <laughs> for all those years. But um, looking back, yeah, it has always been there. <laughs> and so what did you go to school to study specifically? Did you always know that it was going to be um, illustration and graphic design? Um, I started in a kind of preparatory year, uh, that's how I call it, like you go to art academy not to study, like photography or graphic design or fashion, uh, but you kind of have a year to dive into all those fields and decide for yourself which one suits you best. And I immediately knew that graphic design was going to be my thing because I was um, not really into fine arts because it's too free and I love to have boundaries of what I have to do with which materials or which context or texts or image. So after that year, that starting year, I um, got into graphic design and that was where I wanted to be. And um, I even did a, uh, an exchange to another art school in Belgium to dive into illustration because my art school in the Netherlands didn't uh, offer illustration um, for me or like in school. So that's how I found out that my, like my passion or my specialization is illustration, but I can't do that without having this graphic design background. So they, yeah, I do it together now. Graphic design being more a thing I do for clients and illustration more my autonomous personal uh, field. And I think the balance is perfect and that I have to do I have to be aware of that balance all the time, but yeah, this works. That's something that I'm actually like super inspired by you because I feel like you found a way to, I mean, you, you use the word balance and I feel like it's so perfect because you found a way to balance illustration and graphic design in a way that, you know, your drawings still feel so whimsical. Um, but yet you're able to actually turn them into a product or um, sell them to a client. Or I know that you have different little um, like businesses and clubs that you run that, that I want to talk to you about too. Um, and you found a way to keep evolving both things and keep the balance and keep blending them. Yeah, that's, that's a thing that's kind of, it has been hard to find this balance and to decide, okay, I'm going for illustration and I'm not going for this full-time graphic designer job which a lot of my friends did and I admire them for their choice and to have this, um, yeah, like monthly income and like a stable life. And I'm totally not having that life, but every time I, I sell a print or I speak to someone on a market where I sell my stuff or I get people, uh, I see people at an expo, an exhibition I uh, have that I'm, I know I've made the right choice and their reactions confirm that making these illustrations for myself and working as an autonomous independent illustrator is yeah, the thing I need to do. And let's buy that house like maybe in 10 years, but for now I'm doing <laughs> what I want to do. <laughs> Absolutely. I think, um, do you feel like, you know, the illustration side of you is more sort of like your creative 
um, your creative side where you get to like fully express your vision. And then the graphic design side is more maybe like business oriented where you get to actually turn that into a product or you get to, you know, sort of bring on more of like a business aspect to your work. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, that's, that's true. Um, a lot of my graphic design jobs are really like really simple or make, make a banner in their house style they already have or change a thing or move a thing or make it. Yeah. Not, not the most creative things, but I really like that because then I just get to work hard and make them happy. And that also makes me happy because I need to have this feeling of being uh, needed or important. And by making illustrations as an independent maker, you have to get that inner energy out of yourself and no one's going to tell you like, oh, you have to make another illustration and then I'm going to pay you this and this. Or, yeah, working for clients in the graphic design business makes me feel confident about myself and with that confidence, I can make work for myself and, yeah, like spread that all over the world and uh, make myself happy. Yeah, I mean, I think I think having the two is actually like sort of a it, it's a good takeaway because you're able to, um, you know, you're able to use the graphic design side to bring in money, bring in income, learn how to negotiate, learn how to talk to clients, learn how to work on bigger projects. You're able to keep evolving that side of like the business mind of you. And with the illustration side, you're able to really stay true to yourself as an artist and your vision and what you like to draw right. and doodle and feel more free. So I feel like it's such a cool balance. And it's it's a really good takeaway for anybody, you know, who's feeling stuck with one medium or, um, you know, with illustration, maybe you can doodle and draw all day. But if you're not able to turn it into a print or you don't know how to work any graphic design programs or you don't know how to turn it into a T-shirt like you've done, um, you know, maybe it's harder to make an income right yeah by sticking to one medium yeah and the the best thing is when uh i get assignments uh where i can combine those two and like offer an extra thing by saying hey i can do hand lettering or i can make an illustration of your product and put it on the whatever it's going to be so um i hope in the future to even blend those two worlds more together because that's how I, who i am and how i am and yeah, what you say, like uh, having this graphic design background really helps, but then become an illustrator because everyone has their way and my way is maybe also kind of weird because I didn't study illustration like as a full-time study, but you will find your way and I think I've managed to do so. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I want to get into it and I want to talk about um, some of the really interesting things that I think you're doing. Um, not only do you have like your own Instagram art account and your Etsy shop and your website, um, but you have branched out to create um, Draw Club Den Hog. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Den Haag is like, Den, yeah, The Hague is my hometown and um, yeah, that's part of the name. <laughs> Rock Club uh, Den Haag. Yeah. Talk to us. Talk to us about this club and 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 why you decided to create it. Yeah, this this club is a really fun thing I've been doing now for over two and a half years together with a friend called Lotte, 
And Lotte and I were both uh, at Art Academy together, but um, we didn't really know each other. But um, I got to know another draw club in another city in the Netherlands. And then I was like, hmm, that's a fun thing to do. It's because uh, let me explain the, the thing we do is draw club is, a, is a, an event we host every week. And we just invite people to come and draw. And those people are amateurs or professionals or students or expats or whatever. Everyone who has Facebook or Instagram and follows us can join. And we don't have any assignment or nothing at all. Everyone can just bring their stuff or their iPads or sketchbooks and just draw for fun because we noticed we're both. Uh, yeah, designers, illustrators, and we found, we noticed that we don't really draw for fun anymore at home. Like when this creative thing becomes your job, and then you kind of run out of run out of inspiration or like energy to do it for fun uh, at home. So we decided to host this event every week. Um, it's at a cafe in The Hague, so people can just sit at a table and order drinks and beers if they want to, and we chat and. It's really fun because we've been doing this for well over two and a half years now and we have some regulars so people who come a lot or like every week for a while and they become friends and they're this it's a completely mixed group and I've never um, beforehand I never thought it's, it was going to be this way but it's so much fun and you learn so much also by seeing other people draw and yeah, people can ask questions and like, yeah, you meet a lot of new people by doing the thing you love most. So that's great. I absolutely like love this idea. And I think it's something that anybody who's listening can start in their areas. I mean, obviously after COVID's yeah. over, but <laughs> it's such a fun concept because it feels so free. It's just like, hey, we're coming here. We're all going to draw. And what you said is so true that like as a creative, when you start turning it into a career, you can often lose maybe some of the inspiration or the motivation behind why you started or what got you excited to draw or create in the first place. And so just yep. having that space once a week, once a month, whatever it is to just come and have a beer and take out your paper and your pen or whatever your, you know, your medium is and just share your work and talk about it or don't. I mean, it just, it's such a cool yeah, exactly. community. Yeah. And you see people really opening up and learn new techniques or like see other people make and for me as well when I look back my work really changed and I really yeah made so much more than I would have made when I would just sit at home or yeah watch Netflix at the same time so yeah I think I didn't really um, uh, thought about it beforehand but it's really inspiring for me but I feel like we inspire a lot of people too and that's a big surprise because I never thought about it that way. <laughs> How many people do you typically have come? Um, I think in between six and ten. And it depends on the weather, of course. We do it normally on Mondays because then most people don't have any other clubs to go to or like meetings or whatever. And, and the cafe is less busy. Um, so they like to have us. And... Um, yeah, it depends. Mostly around six and eight. 
Yeah, you know what it reminds me of is when I was a teenager, I used to work at a cafe as a barista and there was this group of women who would come in every week um, to do a knitting club and they would get pastries and coffee and sit around and it's like so old school, but it's such a cool idea. (laughs) And it's so cute and you get to make stuff and yeah, you chat along the way and you you learn, yeah, so much. Yeah, it's, it's been really fun and I never thought that I would even go every week for like more than one year and now it's two and a half years and we're still here and doing it again like we started yeah we started off after covid again a bit because here um yeah things are starting up a bit again so we have drawn in a park as well so we can have this distance still and be safe and yeah really people are really happy to be outside again and draw and yeah also see us again because we host this every week and we're like the main (laughs) the main phases of this club so everyone's checking in on, in on us as well like hey how are you doing and do you have jobs and, and what Absolutely. are you making <laughs> yeah you're you're like building a little uh, a network you know it, it seems unstructured but you're still um you're still creating these connections and i think that yeah. when you're creating this community and you're not asking anything of anybody other than to just come together to create art i think really magical things can start to happen yeah it's great yeah and when you're creating sort of often on your own, like you said, like maybe just indoors watching Netflix or whatever it might be, um, you you often feel really lonely. So having a place to come together with a group of people to maybe even share an idea or just to create next to somebody, I think is really powerful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you see all these techniques and, and some of them, so the people bring an iPad and draw with Procreate and I don't have an iPad with that uh, technique, but I'm thinking about buying one because I've seen what they can do with it. And I'm like, wow, that's so much quicker and and more neat than I can ever draw by hand. So let's give that a try. So yeah, you can really also help each other with tips and tricks and uh, yeah, have fun in drawing again. And then the other thing that I really wanted to ask you about was the Studio Netto. Am I pronouncing that one right? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us about Studio Netto. Yeah, Studio Netto is another project I have with another art school friend. Um, You meet a lot of great people there, obviously. Um, It's, um, we've been working together for three years now, I guess. And um, it started by an assignment, me and my friend Cecile, who I'm working with. We started with an assignment we got by uh, the Art Academy. Again, this Art Academy really provides work. Um, And they got a question from someone from a big organization like, hey, we need some creative people to draw or do something creative at our conference on fraud in mental health something like that something really outside my <laughs> usual uh, world and we thought well okay let's let's do something creative then and we decided to listen to the presentations listen to the talks and just draw and react to everything we hear so we've been live recording or like graphic recording or making visual notes like all these things um, yeah, is, is what we do. So we've been, um, after that first um, assignment, we thought, okay, this is, this is a nice thing to do. And those people really liked it. And we kind of are good in this already. 
to react on these topics. So let's start a business together and do this for money more often. So that's what we did. And yeah, we've been working now for a few years, have had some great clients and draw stuff like financial systems in Africa and like um, educational organizations and consultancy, some more finance. So we learn a lot from it because these are like fields we never um, got involved in otherwise. And yeah, those people really like it because we have a completely different view on their day-to-day jobs and we use metaphors or like little jokes and yeah, you make people laugh uh, about their their work again. And they've been sometimes doing that for years or like decades. So they're like, whoa, I never thought about it that way. And this is great. And you just come here and make this. It's amazing. And you're so, yeah, they, they you really show them another way of seeing their work again. So it's been really fun. And it's next to doing graphic design or like my own uh, illustration work. It's really fun to have this. Yeah, like I think it's a bit in between uh, graphic design and illustration, but it's a really fun way to also make illustration work for big companies. So I want to make sure that I'm understanding it correctly. So basically a company who has nothing to do with anything creative. So let's say like you were talking about, like it could be like a systems company in Africa, like something totally, you know, out, outside of the creative industry will right. hire you to come um, Will it be like to a presentation? Yeah, like we've been to presentations or brainstorm sessions or like big, big uh, conferences who also like bring together all these international uh, uh, workers from the company together in like the Netherlands or uh, somewhere else. So, yeah, and then yeah, you and really your co founder, you and your co founder will then. Um, illustrate what they're talking about as they're talking about it yeah yeah and then do you present them with like the illustration afterwards or are you turning that into a product or how how is that working like what's the process like yeah um yeah during the conference or like presentation we're sitting in the back of the room with our laptops and our uh, drawing tablets um, which maybe is going to be an iPad soon for me. <laughs> and um, we just, yeah, respond to what they say and we make notes and we sketch, but we also um, finish the drawings quite quick because we have, you have to work really quick for this because people talk quick and those presentations are like 30 minutes or maybe 45. And um, after that, we combine our, our drawings. That's a nice thing of working with another illustrator next to you. You combine your illustrations and then you have the best, the most quantity, but also the, the best quality drawings. So we combine it and uh, we wrap it up and uh, those organizations uh, sometimes show it in their lunch break or like at the end of the day as a recap to talk through the whole day and like, oh, we've talked about this and talked about that. And those presenters of those big conferences then have some image to to tell their story or like guide the people through the day again so and we send it afterwards uh we send it to the organization as well so they can send it to the attendees and they have a nice yeah thank you gift you can say 
It's a really cool idea. I mean, the reason why I'm asking you to explain it in such detail is because I think it's such an interesting way to create another revenue source for yourself as a creative or as an illustrator. Like, I think that anybody who's listening who might be thinking, how can they pivot? Or if there's, you know, less work coming in right now, or, you know, what, what can they do with their illustrations to gain more, um, to gain more revenue? I think that this is a really good way reaching out to organizations and, sort of illustrating their meetings. I mean, I've never even heard of something like this, but, but I feel like it's it's such a good, um, it's such a good way, I think, to even practice illustrating, you know, like you say, sometimes you can run out of, um, motivation or sometimes maybe drawing plants or animals, or I don't know, like the the average things might get boring. And I think, this is sort of illustration with a function and the way that they appreciate and are probably so like awestruck by what you did is really right. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, Oh my God, you're so talented. And I'm like, Whoa, but you're <laughs> having a cure for cancer. So <laughs> who's, <laughs> who's <Yeah>. impressive now? <laughs> yeah. That's so funny to, to step out of your own bubble and then see what other people do, but also look at what you're doing and then uh, notice like, wow, what I do is is special and not everyone can do this and yeah you have to have of course a quick 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 hand and a quick way of of um turning these abstract words or themes sometimes into an illustration which is fun and recognizable so yeah we really also grew into that of course but um to respond to what you said earlier I I really believe in having these different revenue streams and with Studio Netto, we um, don't have these kind of assignments like every week. So sometimes it's once a month or maybe once every two or three months. But they are, because it, those companies have big budgets, those assignments are the ones who like, well, pay your rent for a few months or like make you feel comfortable again and then give you some space again to work on prints, which you sell markets where you maybe don't sell that much, but don't have to worry about it. And you can really go for what you want to do and have yeah, this balance again. That's maybe the main theme. <laughs> the balance has to be there to, to be happy with what you do. Absolutely. What do you think it is about, about you that has you branching out and taking, you know, what you're so passionate about and finding different ways to turn it into a paycheck. I mean, often I talk to creatives who are super focused on one thing, whether it be painting or jewelry making or, you know, whatever it may be. But I think that the theme with you, like you said, is really balancing multiple mediums, multiple revenue sources. What do you think it is about you that sort of set you on this path? Hmm. Um, I think maybe because I, um dove into illustration quite late in my in my studies i've never really seen myself as oh i'm an illustrator and that's what i do um but i'm also not 100% diehard graphic designer typographer like everything has to be perfect and all those things so i've already been doing different things from ever since i was 20 or something so yeah, and I like to have some balance, but also have control and like feel safe um, in my working life to, yeah, make money. And <laughs> that's how, you, yeah, then you have to really have uh, different revenue streams 
to feel okay and feel confident and not like I could have applied I could have applied for a job but that's my last resort I think yeah I want a job I heard you mention this earlier and I want to talk to you a little bit more about it. Why? I I honestly did the same thing. Um, I think when, you know, people were graduating around me, they were applying for, um, you know, to work for big design houses and I didn't do that. So, uh, you know, I'm curious what in you made you say no to that. And even now you're still saying that it would be uh, your last resort. Yeah, that's, maybe i have i have a, a wrong um a wrong image in my head of what it is to work in a full-time job um but i've had internships or i've worked at companies as a freelancer sometimes and i'm like okay i like to work with people and i really miss having a team uh now to work with but I don't like to be somewhere from nine to five and then go home and then have made stuff for other people or like big companies and not not 100% be able to have your own creativity in it and your own, to inspire yourself with that work. And um, I'm still young. I don't have a mortgage or a kid or a car even. So I'm totally free to do whatever I want and to decide to to travel or do an artist in residency when I want to and just go away for a month or something without having a boss to control me or like say oh you only have 20 days free a year and I'm like what's this I'm not gonna be stuck in this (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be stuck in this now but I can always go for it of course but I don't know the freedom and the, the the possibility to develop myself to the fullest and then maybe go for a job in the end then at least i've tried and at least i've put everything in it and i won't disappoint myself if i don't try absolutely you you, i mean i think it's it's a good takeaway for anybody um you know maybe looking to graduate soon or um even somebody who just like is sort of at maybe a crossroads with this whole COVID thing, maybe they lost their job. Maybe they're thinking that their current career isn't for them anymore. Um, I know that there's like a lot of that conversation right now. And I think it's, it's cool to lead by example in the way that you are where, you know, this is a period of time, just like maybe if you're, uh, if you were laid off or if you were furloughed, uh, it's a period of time where you can really dive into a different route and you can try something new and try something different and just see if it works because you right. really won't know until you try. Exactly. And that's, that's, that's a big thing to keep in mind. And, um, after graduating, graduating, I've <laughs> always, um, had this, this, motto in my mind like this this sentence like nobody's gonna do it for you and that really motivated me in the beginning after graduating like okay I want this and this and this I have to do it and I'm gonna react and I'm gonna send people emails and I'm gonna make that book again and I'm gonna make blah 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 blah, and not be um um I can't find a word um I don't have to rely on a job immediately and yeah luckily I had a low rent and uh, I lived together with my boyfriend already so I had low, yeah, low rent and I don't know I don't really need that much I found out and 
we yeah when you don't really have much like a mortgage or a car or a kid mm -hmm. then you don't really need much and you can do what you want so mm -hmm. yeah I'm I'm a bit tired, so my <laughs> I'm a bit uh, <laughs> my words are coming out like blah. <laughs> Sorry. No, no worries. Um, when you did the interview for Olaguapa um, in the written feature a year must have been like a year ago, maybe a little bit longer. Um, I asked you what your secret sauce to success was. Do you remember what you said? Oh. <laughs> that's a good one it's, it's I'm yeah curi it's really, really i'm curious weird. to know if it's changed you said it might sound like a cliche but i think working hard and staying true to doing what you love is the main thing it's easy to fall for hypes trends and scores and score success easily but the ones working on their own development and concepts are the ones who will outlive the hype yeah yeah i still uh i still feel that way <laughs> yeah it's a thing i i've like now I'm, I'm sitting here I'm talking to you and it looks like I'm completely I know what I'm doing but I've been looking for answers for years to know to know what I want to do how I do it how to be successful what is success is that only measurable in money or like is it something else so and then you also really look at other people like oh they are so successful oh wow they post so much on Instagram or oh, they have this and this. And it's easy to fall for that and like be really, to feel down about that and like, oh no, and I can't do that. And they're so good. And why I'm, why I'm doing what I'm doing. And you have to reassure yourself like, okay, what I'm doing is what I need to be doing. And if people wanted to have another person making, I don't know, drawings of, let's say cats or like palm trees there are plenty of people drawing that but what's that the thing that makes you unique and you don't really know that it, it, it takes some some time and some years of practice to really find out what that thing is for you and I think now I'm, I've graduated four years ago um, since I'm moving <laughs> my studios I've been really looking at my old works and I like a lot of it, but I also see so much doubt and so much, I was just looking and I'm still looking, but I've seen a change in myself, like to be more confident in what I make and that what I make maybe now to me, it feels like it doesn't have a response or like not a lot of people maybe know me or know my work, but, or I change my work into something that's trendy and like, it's going to be picked up or I keep making what I'm making till the point comes that people find me and like, wow, she's really authentic or she makes really original work and I really like it. And it's something I've never seen before. So it's really important to stay true. What I said in the interview a year and a half ago to just keep, keep, yeah, true to yourself and not fall for those hypes. It's not bad to make sometimes things that really respond to hypes or like colors or textures whatever when you're talking about illustration but yeah i think originality in the end will will pay off
Yeah. It's such a good, um, it's such a good piece of advice just to stay true to what yourself and, you know, maybe experiment with a hype, like you said, but I think it's a con a constant theme, um, in these conversations that I have with creatives that, you know, with the development of social media and technology, you know, you're always looking like your competition is in your face on your newsfeed 24 seven. And, it's also your network you know, you don't want to say competition. It's also, you know, your friends or, wh or whoever, but at the same time you see other creatives seemingly having everything figured out. Yeah. And yeah. It, it looks that way. And we're sort of taught to portray ourselves that way. And, um, you know, I, I have talked about before, like when you look at other creatives and it says sold, sold, sold on whatever they're doing, we're sold out of this, sold out of this. And it's like, right. How are you doing that? You know, it's like for real. Like, did you, <laughs> Where only do you find those people? <laughs> yeah. Like, did you only make three t-shirts? Is that why you're sold out? Right. Like, tell, like that's what started Ola Guapa is that like, I needed to know how, how creatives were doing it so successfully. And you know, you, another revenue thing, revenue stream that you've created for yourself is your Etsy shop. And you know, you've had over a hundred sales there. And, and I, I look to accounts like this and I want to know what, what is your secret sauce to success? <laughs> Can you talk to us a little bit about, <laughs> I was hoping you gave me the answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. That's the truth though. Like in these conversations, what you often find is like, nobody knows what they're doing. Everybody is literally just trying their best to put one foot in front of the other and do the best that they can with what they have at any given moment. And I think, you know, what you said is just hard work and consistency is something that has always come up. But, but what you had just mentioned, which is like really staying true to um, your vision or your style or, you know, your, what makes you original is also a really good, uh, you know, ingredient to add into that recipe. Exactly. Yeah. And um, yeah, I have nothing to say there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. I wanna, um, I wanna dive into a little bit more to your Etsy shop and and hear more about um, that and what you post there and sort of how how that revenue stream works for you as well. Um, my Etsy shop is something I started uh, five years ago while I was st still studying because I was curious on what this this online shop would be and I really didn't know what I was doing, so I've left it there for three years without having a serious shop um, but then I looked into it again when I had some more time and like have had stuff to sell and yeah I've it's a bit of a, a weird mix of, of styles because there's a lot of there, well there's a bit of old work work there which I made during art academy and still have laying around where I'm like okay let's put it online and see if someone likes it but then you also see my development and I have new stuff in there, which is way more of who I am today. And also my best sellers are some drawings I made during draw club, which I really like, but are wow. not yeah. really hundred percent the the thing I do every day, but altogether it's a, it's a great yeah mix of, of my works and really the techniques uh, I I've been loving all those years because uh, most of the things I sell are Riso prints, which I make with a Risograph printer. And for me, it's a really nice way to experiment. And sometimes they, these experiences are 
are nice and then I can sell them on Etsy and show them to people and make their day better like um, yeah give them nice things to to send to friends or like hang on their walls and the fun thing is that the last few months during the COVID lockdown I've had more sales than ever because everyone was at home and wanting to decorate their <laughs> their houses <laughs> and like all of a sudden I had all these yeah like sales in one week and it's it's a thing which really flows like some week I have no no sales and then all of a sudden three in one week and it's also a nice revenue stream to have next to my others and if I wouldn't have uh, so many things at the same time with my business then I would have more time to work on my Etsy and make it a bigger shop or like a bigger revenue stream but I have so many things to do so this Etsy thing is just a, a side a side hustle for me a bit what I love about it is that for one, you know, you get to experiment, like you said, and try out new mediums or even just like with what you create at draw club, sort of having an intention behind your drawing is like, okay, every time I go to draw club, I'm going to finish a, finish a piece and then put it on my Etsy shop. And I think, you know, you get to experiment, you get to be free, but at the same time, you're building your shop, you're building your audience and, and you're posting your work and you're sharing it. And that's something that's really important. And then let's say one of the revenue streams that you have, uh, you know, falls short or there's no income there, or let's say, you know, something like COVID happens and you lose a job, you're able to lean into that without starting at ground zero. So that's right. why yeah. it's so great to have all of these things going at once and be balancing all of these different things because you never know when you'll lean into one more than the other. Yeah. And sometimes when I'm busy with, with graphic design jobs, I don't have that much time for Etsy. But when those uh, jobs stop or like don't, they're coming in, then my Etsy shop is something I can dive into and make new photos or like update my text or my, my tags and all those things, which really take a long time, people. Yeah. <laughs> Be aware of the amount of effort you have to put in your Etsy shop before opening one because it's every time they, they decide to change something and then you have to like yep. start all over again uh, <laughs> almost so yeah and uh, yeah making things I, I make every day so why not like share it with the world and sell it on Etsy and like see if I can make someone happy with it and uh, yeah that's absolutely. a fun thing absolutely I love it Thank you for chatting with me, Alice. It's been so great talking to you. I feel like you provide so much good value for, you know, any creative in any industry, just, just from everything that you're doing right now. It's so inspiring. So I loved getting to chat with you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I've, I've, it's been great. And yeah, I'm, my mother tongue is not English as you can hear. So I'm sorry <laughs> if I great mix English. up words. Or <laughs> like some, I don't know. It's uh you yeah, sound it's, perfect. It's, really nice. it's, it's yeah. been fun to be on the other side of the podcast now because I've been listening to so many and like all these things I tell you I've been hearing in other podcasts as well. So this is there's a nice community of people, people inspiring each other. And I hope I can help someone too. Absolutely. Where pimp yourself out? Where can everybody find you? Well, um I've have I have an Instagram at the beautiful name of Alice Muller, <laughs> which is A-L-I-C-E underscore M-U-L-D-E-R. It's a real Dutch name. Um, and you can also find me at www.alicemuller.nl. 
<laughs> and my Perfect. Etsy shop is Etsy Studio Alice Mulder. So just Google and you will find me. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you very much and enjoy the other podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Alice. I hope you gained as much value and inspiration from her story as I did. If you love what you heard, please make sure to rate and review this episode on Apple Music and or Spotify. With that, have a beautiful week, Wapas. And as always, I'm sending you tons of love and inspiration.